Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome back to the Nap Time B Podcast with your host, Justin and Jacob, presented by the Stadia Network. We got a special guest, Jay Stevens, in the house, literally in the studio today with right us. Here. Right here. here. Yeah, in person, not in a Zoom screen. This is absolutely the weirdest thing in the world and in somewhat i mean this is weird when we started recording in studio but now we actually have guests in a studio like a professional yeah with a sound engineer like this is crazy um yeah we talk a lot about the colts what's going on in the nfl the nfl combine uh we went to the combine and got to see a lot of players play and then we talk about the big 10 tournament that it starts this week right before march madness really kicks into play so let's get right into the episode And joining us in the studio today, we got Jay Stevens from the Jay Stevens Podcast. Jay, how are you doing? Pretty good, man. How are you guys doing Yeah, today? I'm good. Good. Just ready to talk about some uh, Colts and Big Ten tournament. Oh, that's going to be fun. A uh, lot, to, lot to talk about today. So there's, there's going to be a lot in this episode. Um, but yeah, let's, let's just get right into this. Uh, let's start first with general NFL news today Calvin Ridley suspended for at least the 2022 season by the Atlanta Falcons the NFL says indefinitely mm-hmm. for gambling um what do you guys make of that $1,500 he put down <laughs> and basically gambled his entire career away I mean the best part is at least he bet on the Falcons and he bet on the Falcons to win granted I don't think he made a lot of money but um I mean it's just something you can't do like even if you weren't playing in any of the games you just can't you can't be involved like, I, I feel like they make that pretty plain and clear. And you've had examples of that in yeah. other sports and in the past where it's like, yeah, that just doesn't work out. I mean, not only that, but has he not learned from Pete Rose and not right. realized that right. it's going to come out? I was talking to my buddy before I came here, and I said, everything's digital. Like, you can bet on sports from your phone, mm-hmm. and it knows that it's coming from your coming from your phone. And then the fact that he went outside of the state to do it as well, like a he bunch knew. of negatives – yeah. So many negatives to their story. It's kind of comical, but it's also bad because he might not play football ever again. And to him, he's like, I don't have a gambling problem. It doesn't matter. You right. broke the rules. And the consequences are what they are. Right. And, I mean, and it's a, this is a, a different 
plane of existence. But, I mean, look at what we saw what happened with Henry Ruggs, too. Makes one bad mistake in his life and kicked out of the NFL and probably won't get reinstated. Calvin Ridley, not as severe of a... I was going to say, Ruggs is kind of I justified. Know. <laughs> I know. <The> Ruggs <laughs> Slightly is, Ruggs justified. Ruggs is justified. But I'm saying, like, you make you make one bad decision or, you know, you decide to do this and then it completely changes the well, trajectory I mean, of your career. Cream Hunt made a very bad yeah. mistake and he's back in the league. So well, but if you want to talk about domestic violence issues in the NFL, a lot yes. get brought back into the league. Yes, I think Jay Rice has been the only one that that I don't think, or Ray Rice has been the only one. That, yeah, Ray Rice kind of got blacklisted. Yeah, uh, real for quick, real quick. But like Kareem like, Hunt has been back. Adrian Peterson has been back several times. Yeah, uh, Tyreek Hill never anything. actually had anything charged yeah. against him. Antonio Brown has somehow been he's somehow been in so made it into the league again. <laughs> I don't know what's going on yeah. with him, but. Yeah, there's a lot of issues. I I would be a little surprised if he never sees the field again. But I don't know. I mean, the integrity of the game, that's the thing. If he was betting on the Falcons to lose, that's one thing. But he was betting on them to win. He's betting on his own team. But I guess that's that's still gambling's gambling. I got to give him credit, though. At least he's not Pete Rose and lying about it for 25 years. Right. At least he's at least admitting it, putting on Twitter how much he bet, (laughs) $1,500. You just forfeited $11 million next year. But Pete Rose lied Oof. for 20-plus years, multiple yeah. interviews. And then he comes out and comes out and says he did it. But baseball's like, hey, you can still work our games. You can still be a broadcaster for You're like, just never series. getting into the Hall of Fame. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And, I mean, not that, like, and even Calvin really was struggling with, with mental issues and not playing the way it was. So it's like you're just adding all these things yeah. up. And then if you're a team that wants to take that on, like there's so many question marks with that. So I want to talk about how um, the NFC South is going to be an armpit of the league this year because who do they have? Like quarterback-wise, Matt Ryan is your best quarterback at like what, 57 years old? <laughs> 38 yeah. or 39 or something like that. I think, but uh, but Jameis Winston's not under contract. Who knows who who's going to be the Carolina Panthers quarterback? It's probably going to be a rookie. It could be Sam Darnold. Yeah. Uh, is Trask going to be the starting quarterback for the Buccaneers? That's my guess. That's who I would go with is Kyle Trask. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you look at the Saints. They have Michael Thomas. Well, and and a defense. Kamara, they have a de- defense. They don't have Alvin Kamara but anymore. But is Michael though. Thomas going to play? True. Exactly, yeah. is Michael Thomas going to play? They have a defense. That's all the Saints yeah, have. Yeah. You look at the Panthers, will they trade Christian McCaffrey? Do they have enough pieces to actually be good this year? The Buccaneers have their entire team minus Tom Brady, but we all saw that they were trash before Tom Brady got there. Yeah. What are they going to be after Tom Brady leaves? Probably trash again. And then the Falcons, who now no longer have Julio. They no longer have Calvin Ridley. Yeah. They have Matt Ryan and Kyle Pitts. Well, and Kyle Pitts, yeah. And Kyle Pitts. Yeah. yeah. So there's most likely going to be an 8-9 and nine divisional winner. I mean, but you look, at the, you look at the AFC South as well, and it's like, we don't have a lot going for us either. We, we have the, the Titans, Titans and the Colts. <laughs> that's the Titans. We have Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. So uh, that's all you apparently need. Um, also, just in, the NFL salary cap is set for $208.2 million per team. Which is an increase of twenty five point seven of last year's cap. Twenty five point seven. So it went up twenty five point seven. I think they declined it because of COVID. I think they had a. I, th- yes. I think there was a slight yeah. decline. 
So I would like to see how that charts out with the other yeah. years. But mm-hmm. 25.7 more, uh, that just freed up a lot of cap space for a lot of teams, including the Indianapolis Colts, who just got a little bit uh, of cap space back this year, uh, this year, today. Uh, Jack Doyle announces his retirement, which will save the Colts, what, $5 million? 5.5, I think, to be exact. It's not yeah. bad. It's not bad. No. That's that's a that's a contract. I mean, that's yeah. literally yeah. a five million per year player. So uh, not not terrible there. That does uh, kind of free up the tight end, or not free up the tight end room. It kind of empties out the tight end right. room because Molly Cox is on her contract. Doyle's out. All you have is Kyle Granson. Right. And I think too another storyline to watch out of this is when people are asking Ty Hilton about retiring. He said he's going to weigh that heavily based on what Jack Doyle does. Since oh, been there's goes Ty. So the odds of Ty retiring oh, now. But I think I think we all kind of bet on that one. So. Yeah. Um, not surprised. I think, I Although think he, he kept tweeting out that like, oh man, I want to make that run around the Super Bowl time frame. He wants to make that run well, with us as with, for a Super Bowl with this team. With who? Say. Yeah, exactly. With who? <laughs> You're jumping like, ship then. You're gonna go take it one year with like I don't know the Rams, I guess. One year with the Bengals. Hope that they repeat. Yeah, but he'd be the have fifth wide like, receiver. That's gonna, that's gonna hurt them. To eat. Well, he doesn't Injury. have to yeah. play. He just that's, has to be on the team. He just has to be on the roster. You are right. Hell, you talk about the like the third string safety or whoever for the Rams that won a Super Bowl, and all he did was just be there. That's true. Aaron I mean, Weddle signs one, like, plays one game and gets a Super Bowl. <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo has two Super Bowl rings. Yeah. Two? Jimmy Garoppolo has the most Super Bowl rings out of all active NFL quarterbacks. Oh. Two? He played two with the Patriots. Oh. Backup quarterback. He's the backup quarterback I forgot about with the that. Patriots. I forgot about that. How like that's that's how the NFL is you, though. You don't have to be the star. You, you just no. got to be on the, the roster. Team. Yeah. No. All you gotta do is have that ring. Yeah. That ring's worth money. So. Uh. So still, <laughs> we're gonna talk about this team some more. Uh. Still no Carson Wentz trade yet. Uh. The team said by March fifteenth, nineteenth. Yeah, that's isn't the deadline the seventeenth or eighteenth before the league year starts. Yeah. Something. It's something like that. Somewhere in the next week or two. I know the franchise tag is up tomorrow at four p.m. Yeah. So. Okay. Carson Wentz is under contract for two more years after the 2022 and 2023. So if we trade him, I mean, that's going to be good. We'll most likely give all of that salary cap away. There's a chance that we probably will eat, still eat like $15 million, but well, I think no, the, no trade yet. Yeah. But that, the whole thing was he's not going to be on the team March 19th. Right. According and to Chris Mortensen. And I don't know how the market's looking because, like, after the combine, you know, no talk is picked up and you know teams interacting with each other you saw uh the washington commanders fall out of favor with russell wilson and the seahawks so it's kind of yeah. like what's the market set at i know everybody's waiting on aaron Rodgers, but are the packers and aaron Rodgers just going to control the market the trade like, market just yeah. wait and wait and wait and then teams are you know forced to make moves that aren't going to pan out well in the end for them so yeah i i would say it's disconcerting if you're wanting a trade for Wentz if you haven't heard anything by now but and i'm I'm expecting literally no news from Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. This team. Like, it's probably going to be just like last year where we're like, I don't know if I want to be back in Green Bay. I'm like, all right, I'm going to be back. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then nothing happens. What do you guys think about this, though, with the Carson Wentz news and Jack Doyle retiring? Do you think that there was a push to get Zach Ertz in to keep Carson yeah. Wentz? Because Frank Reich wants Wentz, I do believe. I think he yeah. wants yeah. Wentz to have his boy here. I don't know how much it helps the team over the long term. But well, it we, is a way to yeah. get. I mean, we talked about that. Likes. We we did talk about that a couple of weeks ago, where uh, when we talked about the tight ends, how 
this group needs a veteran. Mm-hmm. If you're going to keep Carson Wentz, you have to go get a, cor- a tight end that he is comfortable with, and that's Zach Ertz, who's now a free agent. Yeah. So it, it does make sense to go get Ertz if Wentz is staying. I think that'll that's going to be really telling when free agency comes and if Carson Wentz is still on the roster, when free agency happens and we sign Zach Ertz day one or two, that's a done deal. Wentz is a done deal. He's an indie. Yeah. And you I probably know. look at how long Ertz's deal is, though. Yeah. yeah. Is it a one-year deal or is it a two-year deal? I would say two to three. Two plus a player option after the second year yeah. for a third year. Not a team option, so you give Ertz the freedom to do right. what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, because he's running out of time, too. Yeah. Like, and that's what I'm saying. If, if it's a one-year prove-it deal type thing, which Ballard is known to make with veterans, mm-hmm. one-year deals, mm-hmm. you see that one-year deal, you're saying, okay, we have Carson for one more year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't know if it's so much as to keep Carson – in Indy, I think it's so much of if we're stuck with Carson, let's try to give him as much success as we can fabricate building the team yeah, and then and, leave and it up to him. We talked about this at the Combine this last week, uh, how if you're going to commit to Car- – like if you're going to say that your weapons are terrible and he's – everybody's saying Carson didn't do good because his weapons were terrible. He had nobody except for Michael Pittman and Jonathan Taylor. Load him up. Mm-hmm. Spend all your cap space on weapons. We don't – if if you put all your cap money into wide receivers, tight ends, and just players and offensive linemen and just the offense this year, the defense doesn't need to get stacked anymore because they're still young and healthy. And if you have a really good offense staying on the field, you don't need that defense to be on the field 80% of the game. Right. So you don't need that depth. So load him up. Give him the reason to fail. Or give him a reason to succeed and let him fail on his own. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know how many situations, like even on the trade market, he's going to go to and have a favorable option. Like, <laughs> not many. At the Seahawks, I mean, their receiving core is a little better, but their line's worse, I would yeah. say. And Washington, I don't know what they're doing. but So, Edron James um, has an arrest warrant out for, uh, for him right now. Uh, I don't know if you read into this at all. We were talking about this before. Yeah. Um, he apparently did not show up to court in connection with a business b- dispute with one cigar lounge in Atlanta. Uh, there was a court order and a date was set for March 3rd. And because uh, he was supposed to show cause for regarding his failure to comply with a past order, and he was also issued a fine of $1,000 per day for co- failing to comply with this court order. And Pro Football Talk pointed out that it, that was roughly 140 days. So he yeah, owes one hundred and forty thousand dollars in bad. fines. That's bad. That's bad. Um, yeah. So just as a reminder for anybody that lived under a rock for the last year, uh, he is now in the Hall of Fame. So yeah, not a good look. I mean, made the Hall of Fame, but you still don't want this to to show up. So in yeah. the Hall of Fame, you have a book out and you're dodging court dates. Let's yeah. let's make it make sense, guys. Right. I I mean I don't know how players invest their money after after uh, the NFL, but $140,000 might be a lot of money for him right now. I, I think it would. I mean, track record is that athletes don't invest their money well and don't save their money well. And we all so. see what Edron James buys and yeah. uses his money on. So <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just, I, I'm just saying. Yeah. Uh, so Cody Benjamin, I don't know if you guys saw this, with CBS Sports is predicting Taron Armstead to sign a three-year, $61.5 million deal with the Colts. Mm-hmm. I could see that. Big-time left tackle, veteran. Uh, don't I, – I, I would love to see it. I don't think it will happen, though. I don't know if I'd love to see it. I could see it happening, but three years of Theron Armstead, that's the end of his career. Yeah, he's 30 so. years old this year. So, 
we have not had luck with after Costanza. After signing 30-year-olds, yeah. Costanza, has he been out for one year? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, just one year. Yeah. And he's the whole 31. left tackle position just fell apart. <laughs> yeah. And we <laughs> just continued well, to brought in somebody sign 30-year-olds. So you were already behind the eight ball yep. anyway. Right. And then the whole season was kind of a debacle, yeah. old line injuries. Right. Yeah, because you signed Eric Fisher knowing he had what was it, an ACL injury. I mean, you weren't even sure if Eric Fisher was going to play. No, you didn't. No, not at all. And then, we thought he was going to play in like week yeah. 10 or 11, yeah, and then he played had, week one. Then you had Sam Tevy and Julian Davenport, in which Sam Tevy tore his ACL. So then you had Julian Davenport, and he sucked. And then you traded for Matt Pryor, but he's a right tackle. So, yeah, it's just a revolving door. So I guess, you know, you're paying that much money to have stability. but Which is really sad, because if you look at the Colts' left tackle position over time, you had Costanzo, and before him was like, Tarek Glenn, which, Jacob, I'm sorry, you're way too young to know who Tarek Glenn is. But But that dude was a monster. Is he in the Hall of Fame? I don't think so. so. You have to kid me. I don't think so. He was like that whole old line, well, besides Saturday and then Tarek Glenn, you had Ryan Deem, and there were a couple other guys there that were kind of interchangeable. But I thought Tarek Glenn and then Jeff Saturday were locked for the Hall of Fame. There's no way because he he was Pro Bowl three years. That's it. No all no all pros. Nothing. Pro Bowl 2004. Five. I get you batted with Orlando Pace, but who else was out there at left tackle at that in that at that time? My memory is kind of fuzzy. Orlando Pace is enough, I guess. (laughs) Goodness gracious. He is nope, not in there. Now, see, I remember those three names you said. Saturday, Deem, and, and Terry Glenn. I know those three. And that was before my time. So the fact that I know that is, I mean. So uh, let's talk about the combine here. Um, Jacob and I went on Thursday and Saturday. A little jealous. Just a little jealous about you guys having it, fun. It was fun. I, yeah, a lot of fun. It was fun. Um, so, Thursday was awesome. Yeah. Like, so it was incredible. We're going to talk about what we saw and who stood out here in a second. Okay. However, there's a big thing. With all the NFL media, even, mm-hmm. they talked about this more than I think anybody, of why the Combine that has been in Indianapolis for 33 years should say in Indianapolis. And to us, it makes sense. But maybe some people don't realize why it makes sense. The other two cities are Dallas and L.A. And I, let's just talk about Dallas and L.A. for a minute. Dallas isn't really Dallas. It's in Irv- Irvington. I think sure. it's, it's either Irvington or Austin. Ar- Irvington sounds right. It's definitely Dallas and Austin are way too far apart. So I, I'm pretty sure it's Irvington or Ar- Arlington. I'm pretty sure uh, it's one of those. I've Anyways, it's not once. even in, in in Dallas. It's like 20 miles away from Dallas. So you just have the stadium and maybe a couple of hotels. You don't really have any kind of like nightlife. You don't. I mean, right. this is five Arlington. days. Arlington. Arlington. Yeah, there you go. This is five days of Irvington, California, is what I was thinking of. Yeah, uh, yeah. The next place we're about yeah, to talk yeah, about. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is several days. You got to give these people, like at least media, something to go do. Dallas is not that Mm-mm. area. No. At least not where Arlington, where the stadium is, yeah. where everybody's going to go. Then you have to bust these people in. You have to all. There's too much going on there. Mm-hmm. We go to L.A. Yes, L.A. has a lot. But we were talking about it takes an hour to just get, like, three blocks. Yes. 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 That's ridiculous. And, yeah, I get that all these players, they're going to have a escorted bus to get to the stadium. But the media is not getting escorted. The fans aren't getting escorted. This is going to be a nightmare just to get around L.A. Well, Indianapolis is cheap. 
Yeah. Everything is right there. The hotels, the convention center, all of that is com- connected to Lucas Oil. They never have to take a step outside in March. Yeah, I know L.A. and Dallas are warm, quote unquote, in March, but I don't know. Well, you it, mentioned like having too much to do, and I feel like that's L.A.'s problem. Yeah, is that there's so many other things that people are coming to L.A. for outside of the combine that it's just going to be so much congestion, and these are college players. Yes, they are going pro, but they're college age people. There's don't, a lot don't, of trouble yeah, you can get into in LA. Not yeah. saying you can in Indianapolis, but it's much harder than than if you were to go to LA. And let's talk about like Las Vegas, for, yeah, for instance. Like that's, that's even worse mm-hmm. if you even consider mm-hmm. Las Vegas. They yeah. host the draft there for one night because they know if it was any more, it would cause a <laughs> lot of problems. Well, they hosted the Pro Bowl, and there yeah. was a giant problem. And there problem. was a giant problem. Yeah. That's, so, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Alvin Kamara, uh, for all of you that don't know what we're yeah. talking about. That's well, yeah, no, Indianapolis, I, I mean, yeah, it's in the Midwest. There's flights here. It's kind of centralized for many teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, again, 33 years in Indianapolis. You're doing something right if you've had it for You're obviously doing years, something right. And they're just now starting to have the conversation. And then you get guys like, you know, like Ian Rappaport, Adam Scheffner, all of the NFL Network, everybody in the NFL saying – keep it here field yates said like it should stay in indianapolis there should be no question as to like keeping it here it doesn't make any sense to take it away it doesn't the agents want to hear the players i'm sure they want everything centralized so they're not having to do all this extra stuff yeah it makes a whole lot of sense and then you have a city that is used to hosting big events the final four is on rotation every four or five years gen con uh there you go the firefighter convention like there's all sorts of gigantic worldwide events that are here when we had the super bowl here in 2012 everybody said it was one of the better super bowls hosted and i'm not just saying that because we're from indianapolis i literally didn't wasn't even in this side of the country for that super bowl but when everybody's saying you you host good events you got to think um so it, it doesn't make sense to move it at all it's, it's never made sense at all to move it. Um, college football playoff champ- national championship was here. And there are numerous people on Twitter, national people, saying, why Indianapolis? It's going to be trash. It's going to be horrible. They get here. And they're like, Coldest, Wait. most expensive city. Uh, <laughs> we had 15 inches of snow. Oh, so you read that article. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Worst city ever. Yeah, no. Super expensive to live in Indianapolis and stay here. I saw one yeah. person that was upset they had to wear a coat. I was like, now, if that's it's, the one thing you're concerned about... It's, it's like, January. Yeah, like, too high of standards. Like, it's January. I had to wear a coat in February in Florida, so I don't want to hear it. have to wear a coat in May sometimes. Yeah, 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 that's true. yeah it's unfortunate. Yeah. We're not really selling anybody on coming to Indiana. Hey, I'm, I'm here to play Devil's Advocate. But it, it's cheap. <laughs> that, that's the thing, is that it is cheap to come here. It's not going to be super expensive. We yeah. host good events. Everything is connected. The biggest thing for me is that everything is right there. You don't have to go very far to go to a restaurant, Mm-mm. to a hotel, Mm-mm. to go do nightlife, to go do anything. It's all right here. And, yeah, I just. Well, and, I mean, for the first year being opened up to fans now, like, and being there twice, you could tell they were adjusting on the fly, but nothing felt like we have no clue what we're doing. Right. Or that Indianapolis couldn't handle the fans being there. Right. I didn't see anything that was like, 
there wasn't enough lodging, there wasn't enough X, there wasn't right. enough Y. Like, and it wasn't just Indianapolis fans there. Right, yeah. People flew in for this. and We saw and fans from all over the country yeah. there at the Combine. Yeah. I was curious about that because, as you guys know, I didn't go. So I, I thought I it no was going to be all Colts. Mm-hmm. And, no, there were, there were fans everywhere. There was a huge uh, USC following there. Yeah, one guy's U- USC? USC. Yeah. Now, I imagine this. You talk about fans flying in. Do you want fans that will fly to Dallas or L.A. in that, March? That's, or yeah. beginning of March knowing spring break's coming up. Right. Parents are going to have to pay money for the youngsters to go, say, Florida or wherever they want to go for spring break, maybe overseas. And you're right. like, wait, I'm not going to pay this money to go to L.A. for the combine when I want to go when my son, who's 12 years old, wants to go out with his friends for the entire week on spring break. Like, yeah. which one's more important, my family yeah. or football? Right. And getting flights to India is a little bit cheaper. Um, yeah. Because nobody's coming here. So, during March. Right. So, unless you know the entire NCAA tournament is in March in Indianapolis. But that's never happened before. Uh, but we talked about the fan experience also. They they allowed you into the, the stadium in a little loop. You had to be quiet in certain areas. You could be loud in other areas. But yes. there could be a whole fan experience. I mean, you could... Have fans running the forty-yard dash. You could have I'm doing field drills. They didn't have a fan experience at the convention center. Okay, I think it so, was. So yeah. I think it was That's just exactly what I was yeah, saying. I think it was just. It was last minute. Everything uh, kind of seemed a little last minute. Like they they were prepared. I mean, they had these pamphlets that we have on the table right now, but I it kind of seemed last minute. It didn't seem super organized. But that's that's because again it was probably planned two weeks in advance. Well, and I mean, ten thousand people is what they estimated, um, and it was a closed group, like and so free it was very, admission, very and controlled, very con- like condensed environment. But yeah, I think I think they they didn't have a lot of time to prepare. I thought they did well. You could tell when they weren't prepared. When, you know, like, I don't know, maybe a fan wanted to get an autograph of a player, and apparently they didn't plan on that. And then you have fire hazards. There's and giant lines. Everybody and rushing <laughs> the field, and you're like, oh, maybe we should have thought about maybe that. Maybe we should have put people at tables. Yeah. And, so, uh, yeah, yeah, it's little things like that. Or, like, sardining, sardining, if that's a word, everybody into two sections and then realizing you have the entire, like, a third yeah. of the lower bowl that you can use to – to see people in so no i do i mean i think opening up to fans is, was the last minute but i thought they handled it well so we saw some key positions here um quarterback wide receiver tight end defensive tackle edges and linebackers mm. which to me are like my six positions that you have to hit this offseason yeah. yep. everywhere else we're fine but these are like the key positions i think we need to focus on this year so jacob Without getting too deep, because we're not getting Malik Willis, we're not getting yeah, yeah. Matt Coral. Who are two guys that you see from the combine that could fill the Colts' need at quarterback? So there was two groups of quarterbacks that played. The first group sucked. So oh, that's great. We're just gonna the fact that you still had quarterbacks from the first group throwing on day like four means they weren't great. So we're just gonna gloss right. over them. They were throwing the interception. Yeah, drills. they were throwing the interception drills. Um, the second group of quarterbacks. Much better. Uh, Desmond Ritter out of uh, Cincinnati I thought was incredible. Ran the fastest. 40 of the quarterbacks to be expected. Had an arm on him. Uh, the only thing that really knocked him on was his accuracy when dropping back, just trying to keep the feet balanced, trying to keep the feet separated. But that's fundamental things that I think Frank Reich is able to coach. And if he is the quarterback guru everybody says he is, he should have no problem uh, correcting those kind of mistakes. If he falls to us, I think that would be generous. I don't think he'll fall that far. Um, but that would be cool to see. And then Carson Strong, I think, looked pretty well. 
him and Malik Willis battled it out for the long ball drill and it was funny because at that time it was about it was the last group to go and one of the last drills it was we were going on like 9 30 and you could tell the guys were just having fun like the last groups both days were in it to have fun they were pumping up the crowd they were pumping up each other yeah so then they got into a little battle and the coaches on the field were just letting them go and it was Carson Strong and then Malik Willis. And then Carson Strong and then Malik Willis, seeing who could throw the deeper ball. And it was incredible. I mean, that was – I was on the edge of my seat for that. And it was a drill that meant nothing other than just airing the ball out. And, like, you could – the fans collectively took a breath when they would throw the ball. And everyone's like – and then when they caught it, you just went nuts. And it was – I mean, you're, you're throwing to guys that – receivers that may not even make the NFL. But it was, like – it was incredible. Um, so, so I think those are – I don't know. That was such a cool experience. But to wrap up the quarterbacks, Desmond Ritter, I think, would be awesome. Don't think he'll fall to us. Carson Strong may be a more option, although, like you said, I think he's – I think Rivers I think Ritter's uh, draft, draft stock went up this week. I think it did. So yeah. I think he's going to be a late first round at this yeah. point or very, very early second. Uh, you didn't mention my boy, and I'm upset about that, E.J. Perry from Brown yes. University. So he was in the second group, I believe. Yes. So he was one of the quarterbacks I liked. Fell in love with the kid. He's a little small. I'm telling you. Um, he's a little small. I, I'm not worried about him because I think you could take him How in the six or seven. How small is a little small? He's 6'4". I, I got to look it up. Okay, it's not bad. Yeah, well, he's 6'4". you know, but to me, I'm short. So Andrew I Luck is 6'4". Okay, well, maybe he's not sh- Maybe I'm thinking of somebody else that was short. It's like, like body mass? E.J. Like Perry is actually, he's, he's broad. Okay. Like, I don't know. He just looks small. When you have Carson Strong and, like, everybody else just looked taller. Oh, I'm sorry. He he's 6'2". Okay. 2'11". That makes a difference. Okay. It's 211. Is he's he's literally me. Maybe an inch taller. For football standards, a little small. It's, it's a little but, small. Uh, it's but, fine. no, I thought, I mean, for six-round pick, I I think that would be doable. Um, obviously, you know, like, not a big-name school, not a big-name talent he's playing against all the time. But uh, I thought he did pretty well through the drills, um, through the long balls as best he could. Um but then he was a guy that stuck around the combine because he was around on day four when we went, and he was throwing in some of those drills, and I'm, I assume he stayed around for the secondary drills. But then you also sent me a tweet where he stayed after and cleaned, and cleaned up, up trash and cleaned up trash. So it, what that a, was him. That was I saw that video on Twitter. Yeah, what yeah. a stand-up nice. guy. Stand like, up. That's the leader like, you if need. That's the, if that's by the example. type of quarterback you want, like Andrew Luck, very enriched in the community, wanted to help people. Carson Wentz, same idea, has a foundation, wants to help people. EJ, you know, he, he seems like he fits in. I'm just saying, EJ Perry could be the six-round pick that he could be the next Tom Brady. I think he needs to work. Could be. It might be. 199th pick right there. Just trade for it right now. Well, um, also, hmm. just other than that, he had the second-fastest 40 time of all quarterbacks oh, yeah, behind true. Desmond Ritter. He had the second-highest vert- second vertical jump behind Ritter, second-longest broad jump behind Desmond Ritter, but he had the f- – Fastest three cone drill and twenty yard shuffle. I like that. Of quarterbacks. Yes. I like that a lot. He's quick. So he's mobile. He's mobile. He can and get out. He's known for getting out of the pocket. Now the weaknesses that I have seen is that he doesn't make the greatest um, decisions on the field, and he has small hands, which can lead to turnovers. He has nine inch hands, but that's bigger than uh, bigger Kenny than Pickett's. Pickett? That's what I was yeah. going to say. So. And the fact that you know you're going up against other quarterbacks like Pickett, who did all the drills, like Malik Willis, mm-hmm. like Derek King, who's a quicker quarterback, like. So if you're coming out here and, and being that athletic, I feel like that is You came from Brown and you yeah. got invited to the combine. That's good enough. And you showed opinion. out. I mean if you're yeah. second in all of those to Desmond Ritter, who's the most athletic quarterback in this class, then you're one and two in every category that you competed in. Yeah. 
Because he didn't do the bench press, Curtis and he didn't do the six-year category. I, I don't think he won that, but it was another kind of no-name guy that won, like, hardest throw. I think hmm. it was Dustin Crum. But, um, but yeah, no, I, I, I was thoroughly impressed by that. So wide receivers. Yes, wide receivers. Um, well, quick note, everyone's fast. Um, but not David Bell. I was not David Bell, but no, he doesn't need to be. That, fast. that was expected. Yeah, he uh, he's not fast. known for his speed. No, so so not. my notes my notes started. Calvin Austin, Kevin Austin are fast. Sky Moore not too far behind. And then I just kept going. This guy's fast. This guy's fast. Okay, everybody's fast. And I eventually said second group of receivers are fast. All caps. Just everybody. Just because like and, and the funniest thing was. So in the venue, they did not play any audio while people – well, they started to play music, and then they realized that was a bad idea when people are having to, like, concentrate on the 40-yard dash, and you have, like, rock music blaring. So they ended up taking all the audio out while uh, the players were competing in drills. So then you had these little over-the-ear headphones that, that you would listen to the NFL broadcast. Well, when they went on break, you heard nothing. Yeah. Like, no times, no nothing, because everything was unofficial. They didn't post anything. So – the Baylor kid who ran the fastest 40-yard dash, like, ever, was was during yeah. a break, and nobody knew. And, like, you're sitting back in, in, in your seat, and you're like, okay, that was fast. But I don't know how fast. And, like, the next guy runs, you're like, all right, that was fast. But comparatively, like, I had no clue the dude broke the record. And then they come back, and they're like, yeah, he broke the record. And you're like, holy, what what is going on? He could have had that on the screen up top. Yeah, they had no times. Any, this, so I hope they send a survey, because I will take it. This is my biggest complaint, is that they didn't post any of the times. I understand they're unofficial. Put that disclaimer on there. Like, yeah. you had two jumbotrons that were showing well, what I could see on the field. Everybody marks it as the 40U, yeah. which right. is yeah. unofficial. Right. So. 40U. so, like, just put up the times as they're going. And, like, what bothered me the most is even on day four when we went, they were showing stats from 2020. Yeah. Well, why do I care? I, I didn't care about like, that. And it wasn't even, like, compared to 20, like, this year. Yeah, it was just, combine. like, 2020 top players. I'm like, yeah. okay, what's the comparison to this year? Like, right. I want to see the comparison. Was so, so I would have liked to have seen that where you yeah. could have been like, all right, so this guy actually ran the fastest, and that's incredible. But, um, but no, the receivers are extremely fast. I thought David Bell did well enough about what we expected. Um, I think he's going to stick in the second round based yeah. off his combine. Yeah, I, I, I want to see his pro day. I'll, I'll leave judgment out there, but I think he's going to be a second-round pick. Yeah, I don't think he did anything to increase his draft stock. I don't think he did anything to fall. So, yeah. um, But it's – I mean, one thing to note is it's just a deep wide receiver class. Like, everybody was catching the ball. Everybody was moving well. Um, so I feel like you can't go wrong. We're going to have a lot to choose from, you know, in the yeah. second and third rounds as far as receivers. So let's talk about tight ends real quick. Uh, do you have you have, you have have one that I know My that you really like? My favorite group of the day was the tight ends. Jelani Woods, in particular, ran a 4.61 in the 40-yard dash. Big kid. Reminded me of Mo Ali Cox. Um, dude's big. Had the most bench press reps. Um, he actually started out as a quarterback and then transferred or migrated over to the tight end position. Um, so I think he's got an interesting story. He had nice blocking. Um, he did slow down to catch the ball, but um, but I think you know that's that's all stuff you can work on. But yeah, Jelani Woods is a guy that I would I would have my eye on. I don't think he's fairly high on a lot of people's draft boards, but I think he did enough at the combine to, mm -hmm. to get a boost. Um, and then Chiga Conquo, I think is another guy to watch out for. He had a really good combine and definitely caught a lot of people's eyes. Yeah. So let's talk about Saturday. Um, Saturday was. Defense. We switched sides of the ball. Yep. Oh, you can take that. I got my own notes. Perfect. Uh, I didn't take notes. I just observed. I know on you just observed on Saturday. And I tried to time people. Which yeah. Which you I had, were okay I had on success. So if you look on your little sheet here, anything that's crossed out were my numbers. 
Yeah. And I was fairly so, close. So, like, we put, a, we put a dash next to it. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, he, I was off. He did. I, I gave myself like five, average five hundredth of a second. Was it off your phone or yeah, on a stopwatch? Yeah, on my phone. See, phone. it's hard off your phone oh, it because is. of the, the shape of it. Yeah. And you have to remember to just yeah, I'm hit holding, it every time. I'm holding, and I'm like, looking phone. Phone player, phone player, phone. Okay, start. And then, yeah. like, and trying to, the angle we sat at, you were almost looking like dead down on. the 40, okay. but just to the left. Yeah. So you couldn't really see when they crossed the line well. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I think that's when he crossed. But yeah. I don't know. I thought, I thought he did a fairly Next good year, job. well, hopefully it's here. Take a stopwatch. So you look yeah. more professional. I know. Like, yeah. Oh, this guy actually has a, like a hiking yeah. job. Well, it was well, funny because everybody around us was just there watching. And then we're sitting, like, I'm sitting here taking notes. We're, like, talking back and forth like we're scouting these players. And, and then was, people tried to fun. chime in. And I was like, oh, that's cute. But, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I had my phone to time. Next year, I'm bringing a stopwatch and binoculars. Yes. You, you got to be binoculars. able to see what's going on. Because they didn't broadcast the vertical jump or the broad jump and it was back behind a lot of things on the other side of the field so so let's let's talk about some of these d linemen because this was uh defensive tackles edge rushers and linebackers so jay if you look at your sheet here Mm -hmm. um we got different groups group seven are defensive tackles group eight are the edge rushers rushers. group nine are linebackers gotcha so of the defensive tackles uh there was one in there uh nick bonino they said it's kind of like a hybrid. He should be an edge rusher. Somehow he got into the defensive tackle group. Yeah. Whatever. So his his 40 time was pretty fast. Um, I would consider him a hybrid mm-hmm. position kind of all over the line. Um, obviously, Jordan Davis, we all heard about Jordan Davis yeah. that day. Oh, uh, broke the record on the fastest 40 for a guy his size. He broke the record on the broad jump for a guy his size. And I think he did the vertical jump as well. All, all I'm saying, I'm nowhere near his size, but I'm a bigger guy. And he made me more comfortable with my body than I have in my entire <laughs> life. He he had a faster 40 than both Baker Mayfield and Jameis Winston. And I Patrick saw Mahomes. that simulcast on and, Instagram. And Patrick? Was, I think yeah, so. Patrick oh, Mahomes too. Yeah. Oh, God. Because Patrick ran like a 4 6 he's 8 not or that, something. He's not that fast. Yeah. No. So The 10-yard split is what you're looking for. Now, Jordan Davis was projected in the 20s and 30s. I would not be surprised if he jumps up to top 15. Oh. Easily. Top 10. Top 10, top 10 yeah. yes. The thing I about can him see is three. people don't think he can play every down, and I think he can. It's just he had to work on his conditioning, mm-hmm. maybe keep the same weight, just like, look, just work on your lungs. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's an every down kind of guy, but people don't think he is, which is why he was further back in the draft. Yeah. But I can see him going top 15, top 10 easily. He's a big guy. Man, I don't care if he plays 75% of the snaps. I don't want him out there. Exactly. Like. And now if we're, we're talking about the other Georgia defensive tackle, mm-hmm. which was uh, um, Devontae Wyatt, he had a faster 40. He To me, he looked better than Jordan Davis, but Jordan Davis got the height because of his size. Wyatt's no. a, a little smaller. Both of those guys were absolutely incredible. Will not get picked up by the Colts because we no. they won't be on the board in the second round. And what was what was crazy about those two, they ran all, all their drills. They were in the first group. They could have been like, man, we're peacing out. We're going back to the hotel. We're going to chill. They waited until the linebackers were done because they had a teammate Georgia two linebackers, teammates. two teammates that were in the linebacking group. So they spent the whole, what, eight they hours? Sat, yeah, they, they sat on the bench just watching just them. chilled. I like that. And waited. Like, that that is, that Anytime is they did guy. something big, they ran out of the field and, like, yeah. hugged them and shook them up. See, and, and these are all the things that you don't see if you're just watching the broadcast. Like, right. unless they make note of it, you don't see it. So these are the little things, you know, you're picking up as you're there. And I was just like, those are, those are good chemistry guys. So guys that I noted that I liked a lot. Travis Jones from Connecticut, mm-hmm. the defensive lineman there, he yeah. looked incredible um, for probably second or third round talent easily. He looked like, 
I mean, he's six foot four, three hundred twenty-six pounds. Uh, he had a really good forty. He had good. Um, he had good drills. I just I kept noting how well he was doing. Um, easily a guy that I think you could even put in there for Grover Stewart hmm. if you want to use Grover Stewart as trade bait this year. Ooh. Um, another guy I noted was Logan Hall. Um, another again, another guy had a pretty good forty. He was just solid. He was a solid player. Uh, that had um, good metrics. He's from Houston. He had a 488-40. He's 6'6", 283. Hmm. So he's a big guy also, um, almost 10-inch hands, pretty good player. And then my last guy was Nick Benito. Again, yeah. he was that hybrid player. If we want to talk about uh, – did you – I mean, did you notice – those were the main no, guys I, we – Yeah, were, I was going to say, I think those This were was the a main really guys. stacked group. Not so much the edge rushers more than than the defensive tackles, and the edge rushers here. Of course, you're going to have guys like uh, Thibodeau, who again was very controversial. There, yeah. he only ran the forty and then stopped for that the rest of the day. Problems. Uh, was he scheduled to do everything else? Yes. Yeah, and okay. he told all the teams he interviewed he was doing everything. He was doing everything. Ran the forty and said nah. And just he wanted to work out with the linebackers and the edge rushers. But they normally let you do both, yes. right? But they you also have. have to when you finish with the edge rushers, then you have to warm up with the linebackers yeah. and then do everything. I'm like, okay, and he didn't do want that to rewarm up. He didn't want to warm up. Oh my goodness! So yeah. character flaws there, in my opinion. Yeah, I think no, that I, drops you out fair. of the top five, to be honest. And that was the vibe that like even the national media was talking about. Like even listening to the broadcast while we were there, they went to Charles Davis, and Charles was like, yeah, I asked him specifically if he was doing all the drills. He told me yes. He told all the teams that he was doing all the drills. He said yes. And then he shows up here and doesn't do it. And I think three people that were on the field with the NFL Network, like former guys, went up and had separate side conversations with him. None of it looked like it really progressed. Probably talking about character like, issues but, so, and what this looks like it's to definitely your draft stock. He did an interview with Joel Klatt at the end of the year. And at the time, I was like, this seems different. But his demeanor, what he had sunglasses on, he just seemed like someone that was all about himself. Mm-hmm. In yeah. the interview, That's I exactly what he looks if like. I remember right, Joel Klatt said we have to go on. I think it was during the Super Bowl. He's like, we have to move on. Producer in his ear like, wrap it up, we gotta go. And Kayvon Thibodeau kept talking, and he took his own freedom because Joel Klatt can't shut him up yeah. to yeah. keep talking and get out whatever he wanted to say. And I'm like, I get it. Like you've been doing this thing for a while. You've been doing media since high school. I don't care. I don't want that on my. If team. the producer says wrap yeah. it up, and the guy hosting it says shut your mouth, shut up and just yeah. move on. But the look to me, even if he didn't just keep talking, the way he was just portraying himself and looking, it seemed different. It seemed like a guy that was more me than anything else. And it sounds like that's true from what you guys are saying about the combine. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I mean, look, he sat over in our corner for a while, just yeah. standing there talking, because you could see the whole field. Yeah. He just he did not look like he was interested. But I mean, look, there was what twenty edge rushers that went out. Aiden Hutchinson was one of them, who was probably going to be the top pick. And who did we talk about first? The one guy who did one drill. So if he's all about himself and that's what he wants, I mean, what's the bigger statement to make than to have the media, even if it's True. negative? I mean, bad press is. There were a lot press. of good edge rushers, and we're so. sitting here talking about the guy, one guy who ran two forty yard yeah, dashes. Yeah, and that name's going to keep popping up until the draft. Hutchinson did not look as good as his tape does. Yeah. In my opinion. People keep talking about saying he did an amazing job in the combine. And I'm like, I didn't think he did. These are just drills that he's been doing in practice for a long time. I just, I didn't see it. Okay. He, in comparison to everyone else, he had a slow 40. He had his, um, the figure eight drill was okay. Mm -hmm. He had a couple okay drills, but nothing like, oh my God, that was spectacular. That's Aaron Donald right there. Yeah. Yeah. He He got got better. better. 
And then when he got to like the shuttles and stuff, he kept tripping up and like he just he wasn't getting it. He ended up not. I don't think he actually had I don't a recorded think he completed time. The shuttle. Yeah. So he oh, wow. to me, he didn't have a good day. I'm not a scout. I'm not studying his entire career. He's gonna get drafted top three. But yeah. I don't know. He just to me he did not have as good of a day as other people. But again, the other people are here to get their name out there to get drafted higher. Yeah. And it could be his pedestal. Like coming into this, he was supposed to be the number one pick, so we're looking at him up here and he didn't blow us out of the waters. So. Right. And that and that that's probably it. I, I mean, mean if we you, were happy if you go to the combine that... to see Andrew Luck be the best quarterback of yeah. all time, you're expecting him to make every pass like Peyton Manning. Yeah, and right. he doesn't yeah. then you're like, well he's not Peyton Manning. So uh yeah. So other guys that I did like that We'll probably be there in the second, third, fourth round. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite guy, MyJ Harris, uh, MyJ Sanders, <laughs> Sanders from San, uh, yeah. Cincinnati. I I can see him being drafted as an edge, but he is going to be a linebacker. He is 221 pounds. He lost 40 pounds since the senior day, and he's like senior, s- bowl. S- senior bowl. 40 pounds. 40 pounds. That's what they said. Why did you lose 40 pounds? That's I don't what know. I'm saying, and, and it was a big mystery. Like that makes like, you that makes you a completely different player. Yeah. Yeah. And they were like, he weighed in at what? And they're like, he lost like he it weighed, was either twenty or forty. He pounds was two. Wikipedia has him at six five two fifty eight. He weighed two twenty one at the combine. Yeah. The Senior Bowl was at the end of January. Yep. Yeah. This is the beginning of March. So forty pounds. So in a month and a half, or I'm sorry, thirty pounds, thirty-seven pounds. That's still yeah. that's unhealthy. Like whatever you're doing yeah. is unhealthy to lose that amount of weight in that short amount short amount of time. And nobody had an answer. Like they went to try to like specific like. Reporters for it, and everyone's like, "We have no idea." He That's looked like he a safety. Like, he looked like a safety. The dude was thin. He was, he was super thin. thin. But he was quick. He had good drills. He was fast in his drills. He looked solid. No, um, I but could, compared to guys that are three hundred pounds. I mean, yeah. I hope so. I I could see <laughs> him being point. drafted, but being converted to a linebacker, being that third linebacker for the Colts. He looks like a, the framework of like Darius Leonard and Bobby O'Carrick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He very, fits very that thin. Colts linebacker mold, in my opinion. Um, I could just I be high on him. I am impressed you said his name correctly. O'Carrick? Yes, because I still say Okariki all the time because yeah. in my ear it's Pat McAfee. It's Okariki. Yep, exactly. Um, other guys, Isaiah Thomas from Oklahoma. I liked him. He looked really good. Uh, of course, again, that's another player that I went to go look at. Um, and then Amari Barno. Holy crap! Was this dude fast? Yeah. Four three seven forty. Dude, and he was the first yeah. one to run. So they're like, "All right, we got the defensive edge up now." Boom! Out the gates a four three, and you're like, "Holy crap!" And they were like, "All right, so now that he just ran a four three seven, <laughs> and then every guy that went after him was like four five eight, four seven, four. Th- I'm like, like typical numbers for yeah, edge, yeah. edge defenders. No, he was so fast, and they, his time was so fast that we were like. No, we definitely get that time wrong. It's like four five seven. There's no way they said four three seven. It came back around to a second run four three seven. I'm like, oh my god! And he didn't run the second time. No, he he, they were like, he, he's only running the one time because you get that Why score. <laughs> Why run again? Yeah. Um, Who was the guy that broke his chain while running? I think it was already broke. There's a guy that because I saw a video of it, but it, when the video it was, was the guy with like yeah we yeah, thought had no, no neck because no Justin's neck. like this guy has no neck and I'm like he looks oh, like god, he's hunched and then they showed the replay and he had. He busted. It was chain. one of the guys that I, I liked too. I don't uh, think it was Thomas, but it was. It was Luquette. No, Luquette got injured. Never mind. Uh, Kinsley, 
Maybe. King Bar from South Carolina. Either him or Arnold Ebiquette uh, from Penn State. It was one of those two guys. Yeah. But, popped yeah, he, he only ran once, and he popped his chain. Um, but, yeah, those are guys I liked. Amaro Barno would be quick off the edge. Yeah. Like, holy crap. And every drill he did was like, boom. I, he was fast. I like it. Uh, linebackers, Chad M- uh, Mama from Wyoming was incredible. Um, then, of course, he went right before Mike Rose, which is a, a guy I like from Iowa State. Um, I, Mike had the most interceptions – or he tied for the most interceptions – from linebackers in college football this year, which would be great for our uh, turnovers yeah. uh, that we, we get a lot of. And then Quay Walker from Georgia. If you are able to draft a Georgia defensive player in the second round this year, you better draft a Georgia defensive player because there are way too many of them. There are eight defensive players in this draft, and not all of them were starters for Georgia this year. Yeah, I think it was Quay, right? One of the linebackers had never started, never it was started the other a one. snap. Quay Walker did start. It was um, the other guy. Yeah, because they Channing had Tindall? one. Yes. Yeah, and he did Tindall. really well. Channing Tindall never started the game in Georgia. Yeah, never registered a starting snap, and yet he came out he had there to work. and looked like. They were like, Georgia's so deep this year that they had to rotate this guy in. Yeah. It's crazy. And he was incredible. Like, absolutely incredible. So there, there were so many good guys. But yeah, those are, those are the guys I liked. I don't know if you liked any of the other ones. No, I think I think that was most Saturday. of them. I was trying to see if any names stood out to me, but I can't. Not off the top of my head. Um, there were just so many good. It's like, just like I had it. Defensive tackles, I was able to rank one, two, three, four, five. Edge rushers, I had to go down to like eight, and that didn't even include Thibodeau or Hutchinson in those rankings. Yeah, that's it was, crazy. That is crazy. And everyone loved Hutchinson at the end of the year. And my biggest thing was he played 11 games. Until he played Ohio State, nobody said he was his first like first overall pick. Yeah. I get one game is huge, but what about the previous 11 games where you were not talking about him in this way? Many of you were saying George Karloftis from Purdue was better than Aiden Hutchinson. But now all of a sudden, because he has four sacks in the biggest game of the year, he runs over a left tackle, all of a sudden, like, great. Like, he's this All-American He's a guy that's going to be a first overall pick. I'm like, no, reevaluate yeah. how you think, and then you may realize you're a prisoner of the moment. And George Carl Loftus, I actually do think, is going to be a better pro yeah. because not only the size, it's, he's quick, but he can do different things that Aiden Hutchinson cannot. George Carl Loftus was right after Hutchinson. There was put technically one person in between, but they didn't do anything. Yeah. Um, he was one of the guys that didn't compete. So we often saw Hutchinson compared to Carl Loftus. Mm-hmm. And Carl Loftus, nine times out of ten, was better than Hutchinson. Yeah. Well, and because they, they were talking about being like a versatile player, and when they had like Hutchinson drop back in coverage, you could tell that was like a foreign concept. Yeah. Like he was like, I know how to do the drill, but I really don't know what I'm. Yeah, doing. they said Hutchinson doesn't run back; he just runs. Yeah, forward. he just runs. That's forward. all he does: run forward and sideways to the quarterback. He doesn't do anything else. They, and they tell love. you, but you have a month, two months, whatever, to prepare for this. Yeah, you better work on it. They were throwing deep balls to the edge rushers. I, that was incredible. Like they had to back up, turn, and then like go catch a deep ball. And I'm like. I mean, that's what the NFL is today. Yeah, it's like, a, line, to, it's like a linebacker drill. Yeah, yeah. But so, Carl Loftus looked well even in coverage. So. Yeah. So, uh, before we move on to the Big Ten tournament, uh, one breaking news moment here. Chiefs franchise tag, uh, Orlando Brown. So, okay. he's off the table okay. for the Colts this, this year. This um, year. But, yeah. So, let's talk about the Big Ten tournament here. It's coming up. Uh, we don't usually talk about college basketball at the end of the episode, but Jay is all Big Ten. Yes. So, um, Jay... We have a couple questions for you here. Throw them at me. So first, let's just go to the rankings here. Illinois got the one seed. 
Wisconsin, the two seed. Purdue, who is the highest nationally ranked, is the three seed in the Big Ten. Um, and then Rutgers, the four. So those are your, your buys. I guess Iowa and Ohio State are also technically in a buy. So the well. first four get a double buy. They don't play till Friday. Right. The eight, nine, five, ten, seven, six seeds, I believe, they get one buy. They play Thursday. Yes. So, which team in the Big Ten is the most complete team? I've battled with this since you asked me the question before we started because yeah. I was up in the air about a couple schools. I mm-hmm. want to go with the school in the state. I don't want to go to the school that's in the state where Chicago is, but I do think it was I the direction was like east west I don't know but like that trying to do this on the fly <laughs> it is west it is west um, I'm gonna go with Purdue um, okay. I do think they can beat you with the big a couple bigs Trayvon Williams or Zach Eady they both beat you that way they have the best player in the Big Ten and Jaden Ivey yeah. then they have guys like Sasha Stefanovic always butcher his name um, Eric Hunter. Mason Gillis, you have all these guys that just play their roles. And Matt Painter, over the past few years, has really figured out a way to get guys that aren't recruited highly. Maybe mm-hmm. the rankings say they're not that good. Mm-hmm. But he realizes they're really good basketball players, and he gets them to play a as a well-oiled machine. They might redshirt their freshman year, but then as they go on at Purdue, they play really good basketball. And Purdue is a team that I don't want to play it right now. I don't at all. Um, they're not playing in Mackey, which is a bonus because Mackey is wild. But they're still not playing far from home either. No. And I do think that, that whenever they do play, Purdue fans will come out. It will be full. It will be loud. It will feel like Mackey Arena at some times. But I think Purdue is the most complete team. Um, Illinois is a close second. I do think that with Kofi Colburn, Andre Cabello, Trent Frazier, um, I think it's DeMonte Williams. I always butcher his name as well. Um, but all these guys that they have there, they're really, really good. There's a reason why Illinois is the number one seed. Yeah. But I do think Purdue is the most complete team right now. So you mentioned not wanting to play Purdue. Uh, Minnesota and Penn State. I'm gonna. It's gonna take a second to get around to this. This here. Minnesota, Penn State. Who do you have here? In this game. Eleven versus fourteen. Yeah. Minnesota. Minnesota. Okay. Oh, okay. The fourteenth ranked Minnesota. Yeah. I'm, I'm. Yes. Yes. Trust me. All right. Trust me. Okay. So that's who Ohio State's playing. Yes. You got Ohio State. 14-6, and you have to think about it? Yeah, because Ohio State's been playing bad lately. Okay. Um, okay. That's that's losing game's close. You don't get it wrong. Jay, Jay covers Ohio State, I so they I, lost I'll to, They lost by six yeah. to Michigan on Sunday. I was at the game. Chris Holtman knows that his – Chris Holtman sounds like a coach that knows he's going to have a come-to-Jesus meeting with the athletic director very soon. Yes. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Not saying he's going to get fired, <laughs> but he knows that things are going to be very, very interesting. We, we know a coach yeah. that should also have been having this conversation. Oh, the guy that up. actually coaches here. Yeah, uh, and we know Chris Holtman, so <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying it's a trend. But. And, by, and by here, uh, Jay means Butler University. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, okay, so <laughs> Minnesota, Ohio State. Oh, don't put me on the spot like this. I mean, this. have until Thursday. So, I mean, they they got a couple of days for a come-to-Jesus meeting. Honestly, I think Ohio State wins this one, but it's a close one. Um, they shouldn't be close. Ohio State has a future lottery pick, and they have a guy who's probably going to be a lottery pick next year. But I just think that Ohio State's injury issues are one thing. Their lapses, mental lapses with defense, second half. Minnesota's played them close when they played, but I do think that Ohio State wins that one close. And then there it is, Purdue. 
I'll produce one that one. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm not, so, not worried about it. I just want to get back to you saying <laughs> Purdue's going to beat Ohio State. So, um, which team is going to crash and burn in this tourney? I just mentioned it, Ohio State. Ohio State. Okay, well, that's an easy question. Um, and then which team, you might have already mentioned this, is going to make the largest splash? No, I haven't mentioned it, Maryland. Okay, Maryland. Um, they have a, have a player named Fats Russell. Keep your, keep, like, make sure you remember his name. He has been playing very, very well lately. Michigan State has struggled of late. I know they just lost to – Ohio State on this past Thursday. Oh, that's rough then. I forget if they had a game over the weekend and who they played. I think they played on Sunday. But I think Maryland is a team that can beat Michigan State and will make Wisconsin play the best basketball they've ever played all year in the very next round. Yeah. All right. So everybody that's filling out their brackets right now. Uh, so Maryland, uh, take them, take Minnesota. Uh, I'm trying. I'm sorry. I'm trying to look up who Michigan State just lost to, or just played against. Maryland, they just played Maryland. Did they win? No, Michigan State beat Maryland seventy-seven to sixty-seven. Okay, <laughs> close enough. On Sunday, <laughs> yesterday, but they lost to Ohio State. They lost to Michigan. They lost to Iowa before Purdue. They lost to Illinois. They lost to Penn State. So yeah, you. They did beat Purdue. So in the last what six seven games they are they've they won beat, two games. They beat Purdue on that day when like the top seven teams lost on the same day. Yeah. Michigan State was home that day. Oh, so it's one of those days. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then overall, who's gonna win the tourney? I think I mean you kind of talked to well with the complete team, but we all know how March Madness works, and sometimes the most complete team doesn't win. Oh, it's, I I do have Purdue. You do. Uh, this you is one of those Purdue's rare rare times. I'm gonna throw a name out there. You guys may laugh. I agree with Dan Dockage here because he oh has – I know. No, don't cut, get cut, 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 cut. <laughs> We're out. We're out. Okay. Dockage did say that he thinks Purdue's going to the Big Ten tourney. Um, I know IU fans will probably hate him for that, but I have oh, to agree with him on this one. I do think Purdue is the best team. Um, there aren't many teams in the Big Ten that can have, that can stop or slow down to Jaden Ivey, slow down Travion Williams, slow down Zach Eady. And then slow down everybody else Purdue has on the basketball yeah, team. Right. So I do think that Purdue um, wins the Big Ten tourney. And um, this may be the year Matt Panter gets to the Final Four. Like, I don't, mm. I'm not trying to put my money into that right now. But if I'm Calvin Ridley and I got another 1500 <laughs> I'm going to put, possibly think about putting $1,500 on Purdue to get to the Final Four this year. Full circle. So my, uh, my question there was going to be whether or not uh, – Purdue is going to get the one seed in the tournament, or a one seed in the Ooh. tournament. If they win this, they probably will. Um, I don't know where they're projected right now. If they're projected a two seed right now, I would I think they're eighth in the nation, so probably a two seed I would the expect them to get a one seed if they win the tourney. Yeah, so yes. So, follow-up question. How many Big Ten teams do you think are going to make the tournament? Ooh, let's see here. Uh, you fans might hate me. Illinois, yes. Rutgers, yes. Wisconsin, yes. Purdue, Ohio State, Iowa. Is that six? Is that six? Yeah, it's six right there. I think there's a battle between IU and Michigan. Um, I think they're both possibly on the outside looking in. Um, if 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 they if one of them gets to the championship, they can get in and win. I mean, they can get in the tournament. Yeah. I don't think they can win one game and get into the tournament. I think they have to get to the – like win a couple games but primarily get to the championship game. 
you get there, you're in. If you don't, yeah. you're out. It's right. one of those things. Yeah, I, th- I think I saw something where IU maybe was one of the first four out, if I remember that right. But you got to think, so. if they do get in, Mike Woodson in year one, never coached, at, been right. a head coach ever, been an NBA lifer, all of a sudden you come back to your alma mater and you get to the NCAA tournament, I mean – that's a positive. That's a win for Indiana. Yeah. Yeah. Even though IU fans That's might true. be like, "No, we want to, we want to go Sweet Sixteen. You're not Indiana in the '90s. You're not in the '80s right. or the '70s. This is a different brand of basketball. Right. These kids know nothing about that. Just roll with it and realize, Mike White, Mike White, Mike Woodson is going to do something good. Well, he's going to be able to bring in talent. Yes. As well. Yes. So he's going to be able to recruit talent, and he'll be able to win over the parents that want their kid to be coached by a pro. Yeah. Because a lot of parents will say, well, I want my guy to go, my kid to go to a school where there's a Hall of Fame college basketball coach. Yeah. I played in the NBA. I coached professional basketball players. I got, I got to the NBA, yeah. I know how to get there. So just roll with me. Yeah. And I think that's what's going to happen in the next few years. If we're looking at, if you had to pick, you know, Purdue, IU, or Butler, or Notre Dame no, even. I wouldn't. Hey, I'm not going to Butler yeah. uh, at, at the, the moment. NIT. Yeah. Will they get in? Uh, I don't know. It's a big question mark. <laughs> if they can make a, a run it's in the Big a, East, maybe. But we got to play Xavier on Wednesday. So uh, if you're looking at Purdue and IU, yeah, you can go to Purdue. You're probably not going to start, at least for a while. But you could probably start pretty early in IU because, I mean, you got to build that program up. Trace Jackson is probably going to go. Trace Jackson Davis is probably going to go in the into the draft this year. So yeah. that, that's a big hole right there. Well, so. and, and I look at, too, like between Indiana and Michigan, like Michigan – I mean, Jawan's done a great job with the program, but over the past couple of seasons, he's gotten off the like off his rocker a little bit, Literally. like going out and Punching getting in fights and, and get stuff. And like the optics of that, I mean, I don't think looks looks great by any means. Maybe yeah. that makes more people want to go, but I think that turns more people off than it does bringing them in. Yeah. Well, that's uh, I think that's our episode today. Uh, Jay, where can people find you on social media? You guys can follow me on Twitter at jsteven07. Um, listen to the Jay Stevens podcast. Um, comes out every Monday. Locked on Buckeyes, uh, five days a week. I know you didn't say plug it, but I was going to get it in quickly. That's fine. Um, I appreciate you guys having me here today. Uh, first time doing something in person yeah. with people in a studio, yeah. so it's always fun to do that. A little more back and forth, um, and not just like a head in a box. Staring into a computer screen gets old after a couple it of does. years. It does. It does. The uh, the dynamic is even different in a computer screen. So. All right, uh, yeah, just be sure to follow Jay and the rest of us on social media. And, uh, yeah, until next week, guys. Oh, God, here we go. So uh, we didn't talk about the Pacers, but we can say go Pacers, go Colts, go Boilmakers, Hoosiers, Bulldogs, I guess. They play this week. Hashtag stay in Um, Indy. Hashtag stay in Indy. But until next week, guys, um, yeah, go everybody I just said. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.